Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where we have the best of the rest for 2017. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. I'm the best of the rest. Okay, um, we're talking about media of the year, everything that's not video games, since we talked about that <laughs> last week. Um, and it's this is kind of our catch-all, which, and we were, okay, we should probably preface this one, because last yeah, we year really we, did, should. we did best of the rest, and there were so many things and I felt bad like cutting things off my top five list this year I honestly struggled to find a top five like as much yeah. as there were so many good games this year that caught me and like grabbed my attention and I, I loved spending time with them I felt kind of the opposite with like everything else like there were so few things that I latched on to that being said I, I am pretty happy with my top five but like it just it didn't feel like a super strong year for like books anything. or movies or like anything. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, this year it was just like I've looked back and I went through the archives. I looked at all of our show notes and made sure like what all we were talking about. And I'm just it stuff didn't happen this year that it was a very lackluster. And I shouldn't even say lackluster. There were some fantastic things that came out this year, but there was pretty much nothing to get super excited about for any extended period of time and that was exceptionally memorable yeah and you know like looking at some of our like honorable mentions list that we're going to get into here in a second a lot of the things we did latch on to were like parts of series that were already ongoing right it's it's not that those are bad it is that we enjoyed them but at the same time it's not as like interesting to talk about it doesn't give you as much discussion mm-hmm. point as something that's a brand new idea or a brand new topic do you know I absolutely no where there are things that i want to mention like the honorable mentions that's why we do this where i want people to be aware of how good this is but at the same time i don't have any high level thoughts about them where it's like i really like this and, and then you will like on. it too yeah and then exactly move on. Exactly. Okay, so let's get into our honorable mentions now that we've said all that. Um, I have less than you, so I'm going to go quick. So right. for books, I had the We Are Bob series. That was really interesting, the Van Buren mm-hmm. probe, like self-replicating thing that I know I talked about every book as I did it through the series this year. Um, the Red Rising series, which I think was on my list last year, the first one, and I, I finished I the was. rest of the series this year. Um the first one had such a strong start, and the rest of the series was good, but not quite as good, which is why it's just an honorable mention. Collapsing Empire, which is a, the start of a new series from John Scalzi, which I always like Scalzi stuff, so that was oh, that was worth my time. Did you not get to that one? No, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, you like should get you back said that. Like I saw it on there, and I was like, I don't really remember what Collapsing Empire is. And then you said it was Scalzi, and I'm like, oh my god, I forgot completely about this book existing. And yeah, I haven't read it at all. Like completely off my radar yeah put that one back on your radar it's worth your time um for shows movies videos i kind of lump all of these together because i view them the same way in my mind um i had game (laughs) of thrones season season seven again something that was really really good i like talking about it in the moment but like it's you know but it's setting it up for the end but it's not the end and not a lot of huge things actually happened like it was good watch it if you like game of thrones things that happened but in terms of the rest of the seasons this was fantastic to watch and not fantastic to really dwell on yeah it wasn't great to talk about afterwards it wasn't as water coolery as yeah. other seasons have been it was just kind of like okay we're going through the motions like, and cool. i kind of hey, know what's gonna see happen that dragon and it's like yeah it did and then you move yeah. on you do your work yeah exactly um and then the final fantasy 14 no clip documentary was fantastic if you've it ever so played good. an mmo or if you've ever played final fantasy or if you ever played final fantasy 14 
if you fall into any of those categories, like seriously, go watch that documentary. It is fantastic. Or Final Fantasy XI, actually. It made me very interested in the localization of Final Fantasy XI as well. Yeah, good point. Um, Logan, I thought Logan was really good. I didn't like mm-hmm. it as much as other people, but it's probably because I'm not as attached to X-Men as other people. Um, I like that it broke out of the superhero genre, though, and became kind of its own movie it was a superhero movie but that's not what it was about at all and it made right. it so much better for that um and then arrival so arrival i want to say that might have actually oh. come out last year but i didn't see it until this year does that sound right i honestly don't remember when it came out but i know i i know that whenever i watched it i wanted to talk about it with you and you told me no 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 i want to see this stop saying things and by the time you saw it it was out of my mind where i was like yeah that was so good like that was awesome but i wasn't like i wasn't just all about like let's discuss how linguistics saves everything yeah and like i came to it late enough that people weren't talking about it and i didn't remember barely anything from the trailer except that it was a sci-fi movie and i think that actually made my experience a lot better because i didn't know what to expect going into it and it just kind of blew me away it was a really really good movie um this is if i had to pick one thing that was just off my list like a number six it would be arrival for sure Mm, and again when we do our end of the year i know we said this last last episode with the video game episode it's what we experienced in 2017 is not necessarily what came out this year even though generally it is anyway but yeah that one i don't know the release date but i definitely watched it this year and that was a great movie and i just i don't know i just love a good sci-fi movie that like makes me think (laughs) afterwards you know what i mean it was and it was intellectual science fiction and it didn't hit on any like at least it didn't hit on many of the same tropes that a lot of science fiction movies hit on to where it it was different enough to make it fantastic it was just good storytelling yes yes very well said um for podcasts this year reply all i'm really glad i went back to that one i mean it's just all things internet which i know is very generic but if you listen to it it's like yeah it's probably the best description so i'm glad Hmm. that a listener put that into one of our comment threads on reddit and i was like yeah i should probably give it another shot and then i ended up binging the whole thing in like one weekend like all of their episodes ever and then my my the other one i wanted to mention for podcast which Again, if we were doing more than top five, this would probably be number seven. Like, it's up there near the top, Um, is Waypoint Radio. I think, well, in my opinion, Waypoint Radio is probably the best gaming discussion out there at the moment. Like, they always look at current games in the wider context of the world and not just in, like, the insular gaming world. And because of that, it is great. Like, that, that makes it so far above and beyond every other gaming podcast that I listen to that there's no comparison. Like, if I had to get rid of every gaming podcast in my subscription feed, which is a lot, you guys know how much I listen to podcasts, yeah. and only keep one, I would keep Waypoint Radio. It, it wouldn't even Holy come close to anything else in my feed. So that that is really good one. It's worth your time if you listen to any gaming stuff at all. Yeah, but those are my honorable mentions. Hit me with yours. Okay, so for books this year, like I haven't read a lot, lot, lot. So I read, I believe it was this year, that it was the Ash and Bone series. Like, I've been getting this year and last year confused because this year was uh, kind of 
empty. Well, and this is what we were talking about, like the series blended together. So like the first book of Ash and Bone I thought was amazing, but the particular one that came out this year, which is the only one in that series I actually read this year, mm. I thought was the weakest so far. Right. And it's good. Like it's a, yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's good. And right. I cannot wait for it to for it to get through and get finished. It's definitely worth people picking up. And I wanted people to know about the Ash and Bone uh, series to get them uh, get them on Audible and uh, like listen to them, read them, whatever. And then the Final Fantasy V boss fight book was awesome. That uh, when the boss fight books are about video games and it's kind of a journalistic approach on uh, the culture around certain games and the Earthbound one was awesome and then we got uh, approached by the the writer and had copies of the Final Fantasy V one sent to us and it was just super good. Like going through it, it's a quick read. Uh, I read it on my phone as I was sitting in a doctor's office this one day and uh just really interesting really good i think you guys would really like it especially if you do the uh, four job fiesta and you've liked listening to void talk about that just the idea of the job system and how all of it came about just uh and the localization into english and why it never came to america just super good but those are the honorable mentions on books that i had like that's really all that i cared anything about this year and like in terms of movies books and videos and all of that um Spider-Man Homecoming is in there. I liked it a lot more than you did, but yeah, I haven't watched did. it again. Like okay, it came out. Interesting. Yeah, I loved it. Like I was all in when I saw it. Now I'm just like, okay, it's out. I'll see it again eventually at some point. All right. And that's okay. It was good. I enjoyed it. I'll see it again. The same for Guardians 2. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is everything that you would want out of a Guardians of the Galaxy sequel and nothing more. I did not feel as though it added anything to it. So for me, it's just like, okay, it's there. I liked it. Good Mythical Morning I found this year. Uh, I only found it just recently, but I have enjoyed it enough that I consistently watch one or two of their videos every day. And I don't know if you've done it yet, but have you watched any of Good Mythical Morning yet? I have not, no. Uh, okay, like, there are some things that they do that are just totally ridiculous, and it's one of those those YouTube channels that's like, it's just funny to me. Like, one of the videos I watched recently was they were trying, their, their crew took, like, full meals and blended them together in a juicer. Like, they juiced entire meals and had them... Uh, drink it and try to guess what it was and i laughed so hard at that like they blended taco bell like or they juiced taco bell and it was just those kind of things are hilarious to me so i really like good mythical morning and the the hosts have a wonderful uh rapport with each other they're fantastic i also really really like master of none we finished it up season two of it so good still there still i've rewatched part of it i love it uh just the relationship between uh dev and his best friend make me so happy the big buddy little buddy vibe just makes me happy master of none so so good the great british baking show if i had a number six this may be my number six actually like i was toying whether or not the great british baking show was going to be on my list and i just found out that there's an extra season on netflix and i've only seen one season of it i am so excited i love mary berry and paul hollywood that they are two of my favorite people on earth and i think what makes me like this show better than anything else i've mentioned it before on here that i think that this particular show gets me because the people are nice to each other they want 
each other to do well. They help each other whenever something is going wrong. And there's not a monetary prize that they get a cake plate. And it is the recognition of doing this that can then spur a career. But there's no money prize. It's not like they're getting $50,000. So I think it, it that makes it where it's less sensational. I like British TV because it's less sensational than American TV. Again, Vet Ranch, I cannot recommend it enough. I've talked about this uh, this YouTube channel before. Always got to give it a shout out as, a, as an honorable mention. Because anytime it is the only... Okay. It is the only YouTube channel that every single time a new video is posted on their channel, I watch it pretty much immediately. That I get an email or a notification that Vet Ranch has put up a new video, I watch it on the spot or wait until Jennifer and if Jennifer and I are going to be home together soon, we watch it pretty much as soon as we sit down at night. Like it is absolutely my favorite because it is a bunch of cute animals getting saved i learn about veterinary science and then i see them frolicking at the end there's always a happy ending and there are not nearly enough always happy endings in the world so vet ranch is awesome the good place i mentioned a couple episodes back in my weekly geekery so you can go back and listen to that i just wanted to put it on here super good i was working on like my phd thesis on or my phd dissertation on lost so with this being like lost meets pushing daisies and dead like me there's no way it cannot be on my honorable mentions and then the two that i think are probably the absolute best on here that really i guess i shouldn't say the best but they're the two that affected me the most the first one is american crime story season one you said that one was not what you thought it was going to be but it ended up being good right no i thought i was going to hate this because i don't like ryan murphy shows he did american horror story uh glee um goodness gracious i'm losing my i think maybe he did scream queens like i do not like this guy's shows in general so i didn't expect to like this one but within maybe 10 minutes of the first season of american crime story i was hooked it's an anthology show where every season is a different story and different cast kind of it's like american horror story in that way or true detective and the first season of this covers the oj simpson trial from the 90s and part of this the reason it is so good is because i'm a 90s kid and this was such a cultural phenomenon when i was a kid that i knew what was going on but i was too young to understand anything about it Like, I had no idea about the greater, like, racial implications. I didn't understand legal nuance. I had absolutely no clue about any of the, like, people involved in it. And the acting in this is so, so good that David Schwimmer, Ross from Friends, David Schwimmer is astounding as Robert Kardashian that I never thought that I would really love David Schwimmer as an actor and this show makes me really really appreciate him that it is a very good show and the worst part about it is actually OJ the uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. does not do OJ very well but he is honestly not the focus of the show so that's okay definitely worth checking out we recommended to somebody else recently who was as hesitant as i can assume that you are and they started messaging us immediately saying oh yeah this is awesome yeah i I might check it out eventually i don't know i'm not into the true crime stuff i'm not in general that's the thing i'm not i don't listen to them are you kind of are i don't know 
You keep saying that, but then you tell me all these other true crime stuff that you get into. So I think you are. It just has to be the certain kind. I just don't like it it in general. That's true. It might be a certain kind. I'll give you that. Yeah. And then, and then otherwise, like like Girl Boss, like it got canceled on Netflix. Like there's one season of it, and that's all it's ever going to be. And it is so obnoxious that this show, there is a reason it got canceled. Don't get me wrong. I understand. I hate it that it got canceled, but I loved girl boss and the reason that i love it is it hit right in that middle ground of media that i like of super quirky media so like it's weird it's wacky and then she is it also hits on that kind of millennial like entrepreneur we can do whatever we want vibe girl boss kind of hit on that that media that makes me want to create stuff where it's like the no clip documentary or watching indie game or the the uh the tim schaefer broken age documentary by double fine it's it makes me want to go out and do something and so girl boss watching this even though the character was obnoxious the acting was kind of middle of the road i couldn't help but just love this because it it hit on kind of those pressure points on that that i as a person have you know yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I re- if you're the kind of person like me who gets affected by seeing like by seeing something that's like I can do that. I need to go out and do work on my side hustle. That's that's what the show did for me, and I I just loved it for that. Um, and then my podcast, like I've I found one that's uh kind of like Reply All. Uh, it's IRL by Mozilla. Have you have you listened to any of it? No, you asked me that the other week, and I still have not. Okay, I don't still know if I'm good. going to, but. I'm glad you like it and you found See, it. And I think that if from what you described about Reply All, depending on the tone, you really might like IRL because I I love it. It is it's an internet podcast, but it's about like digital security and net neutrality and all of the the slightly darker, more serious aspects of it and how the internet intersects with real life. And I love it. I absolutely adore it. I'm always listening whenever I'm listening to podcasts with Code Newbie. The podcast is just awesome. She just restructured everything, and they do interviews with people who are just getting into the tech field in one way or another, and there's always a Twitter hashtag chat, uh, I think on Sunday and Wednesdays, that even if I'm not partaking in, I'll just go back later and just read people's answers and see the stuff that they link, and I read the show notes on Code Newbie more than I do actually listen to the show because it's it's just so interesting and so many things get shared on there that it's a fantastic resource for people wanting to learn more about different areas of technology coding and web development specifically and the same way with uh buffers science of social media podcast that whenever i'm listening to podcasts that's one that i go to i tend to listen to it while i'm on the treadmill actually that i like it a bunch because i just like learning about small ways to improve social media campaigns interaction with with people and maybe honestly how i can get more conversations started on a personal level with people by being able to put out the right kind of of message so those are the podcasts that I tend to listen to the most. Cool. And that's that's it for our honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the actual top five best of the rest list for us, this is where we normally do weekly geekery, take a break. We don't do that in holiday episodes or end of the year episodes. Um, Instead, you can get us a tiny virtual free present that costs you nothing but your time. Call the review 
or a rating. Either one. We don't care. Um, Actually, we do care. They're both really, really useful. We do care. They're and fantastic. Please yeah, do. Yeah, we normally don't ask for them, so we try to ask for them only a couple times a year. This is one of those times, so we won't ask for it again for quite a while. So t- take this. This is your moment of action. This is what we call a call to action in marketing. I'm <laughs> calling you to do an action. I'm showing CTA, you behind... Son behind the scenes of marketing um okay taking my marketing hat off no seriously like it helps us a lot um like whatever you're listening to us on now because i know that the the apple ipod like stuff is not a great listen to do podcast anymore um i'm on overcast wherever you are find a way to like or subscribe or follow or share or any any of those things we appreciate all of them and then the you other can thing still to say, load it up and you can still load it up in itunes and give a review there because that's still where it gets distributed and even if you can't do that if you're frustrated if you're on android you can tell your friends about it so just share it and be like hey you guys listen to our podcast this is awesome and they'll be like thanks buddy and then they'll be a listener to our podcast too while you are listening to this you can leave this audio running and listen to the rest of the episode and at the same time you can download the podcast app give us a review or rating and then delete the podcast app from apple and it'll be great that is true you totally Um, can the other thing is everybody on the network is awesome. Everyone's killing it. I love it. Um, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea is fun to listen to every week. So it's Geektitude. I always like the interviews and to hear something from a new person or to catch up with an old person. Like that's It's such a cool interview podcast. And the Comic Box with Rob, Like I always want Rob's take on all of the comic book news and happenings and everything every week. Like I legitimately listen to all of our podcasts every week. So end of the year, we got to make sure to shout out all of them because if you're not listening to them, you got to go give them a chance. Now's a good time. And if you are listening to them, give them reviews and ratings too. This is true. Everybody appreciates it. Okay, yeah. there. We're done shilling for reviews and ratings until for a while. We won't. We won't touch on it for a while. I promise. Um, best of the rest. Let's okay. get into it. Um, why don't you start with your number five? Because I already mentioned it. My number five is actually Logan, and I stayed pretty quiet when you were talking about it because it it stood out to me a lot more than it did to you. And I've mentioned it a lot on this this year, so I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of detail. But you said it, that it was still a superhero movie, and that's where I disagree with you. I don't think it was a superhero movie. It is absolutely a comic book movie. There's no way around it. But I don't get a superhero vibe from it and this may be my english teacher you know literary analysis kind of of semantic hat coming on but it's it there was not anything in there that that really did the superhero thing yeah he had superpowers all of this but i don't think that that that's not the point and I don't think that's really even the genre, that that he is absolutely a Western hero. He is absolutely going through a Shane-style uh, uh, search for community, finding his, his place and uh, coming to grips with his own mortality. And there is uh, kind of looking at what's coming next. There's a frontier aspect of it where because of it jumping in time and all of the, the bad things that have happened with Xavier and and the X-Men already that even without the context of the rest of the X-Men that if if this movie had been a creation all of its own if it had stood out of the Marvel Universe and this was just created I wouldn't have assumed it was a superhero movie I would have just assumed this was an action 
sci-fi fantasy, and I would never have attached the label superhero to it. If you could divorce it from the rest of the work that has been done, but you can't at this point, which is why I disagree. And I think it's just a semantic thing, so I don't actually disagree it, it may super be. strongly. And that's what I'm saying. It might like, be that that part of me where it's like, no, let's dig in. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, it's Wolverine. It's the same actor with the other same cast, like Patrick Stewart is there from a bunch of movies that we've already seen where he is a superhero. Like, it, he's a superhero. Like, you like, can't escape it. If this was but a you standalone, can have a su- <laughs> like, if it was a standalone movie, and it was different actors and it was totally and completely divorced from everything done before it like okay i buy your argument a little bit more but at the end of the day he's still wolverine he still was a superhero like yeah they did different things with it and i don't think that superhero is a genre in the first place i do agree this is like a western movie um that's not but uh, i don't know it still has a superhero in it like even if that's not what the role that he's playing in this particular movie See, and that's where, and that it is exactly when you started saying all that, I started thinking of all of this like genre hybridity, uh, like English teacher literary theory, where it's like, you're, it's absolutely, the, it's absolutely a semantic reasoning on, on how we feel about this because you're absolutely right. And I'm just like, but where there, and- there, there's a lot the to be said is, about this. That's why we, it's number five. Is we both because liked of any, it, though, is the thing. Yes. Like, like, it's not worth arguing over because we both liked it because it didn't do the normal superhero thing. Exactly. Like, I liked and, it a lot, too. And that's exactly why it's number five, is because Homecoming and Guardians and Thor Ragnarok, as awesome as it was, I completely forgot about Thor Ragnarok on this. Let's say that that's in my movies as well because it was awesome. But all of those are still the generic Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, and I love them. This one was so different that we can have that conversation about, and that's why it's on my list of the top stuff. Cool. I lo- yeah, I liked it a lot. I'm glad it made your list, even though it didn't quite for me, but I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about it. Um, number five for me is Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, which I know I've talked about before, and I don't know if it's made the cut in a season before, but I don't think so. I, I wanted to call out basically two series. So in there, he has a lot of standalone episodes, but he has like bigger episode chunks of series that are like multi-part And I know I've talked about some of those before, like Blueprint for Armageddon is probably my like the one that impacted me the most out of all of them. But this year I found Death Throes of the Republic and Ghosts of the Ostfront. And those two had probably just as much impact, but in different ways. So this was me going back through the catalog. I finally figured out a good way to listen through the back catalog because it's actually pretty hard with hardcore history. Um, You have to like buy them on iTunes or like, I don't know. It, it's really weird. Like the last 10 or so are always free and like available on any podcast app. And that's what I stay up to date on. But if you want to dig into the backlog, it's actually kind of hard. So I finally made time to do that this year. And Death Rose of the Republic is essentially the fall of the Roman Empire, not the actual like all the way through the fall, but it's like the inflection point that starts the turn towards like the downturn Mm. and like the slow degrading of the Roman Empire and walking you through step by step how it happened and who the major players were over a couple generations, basically. Um, It was I, I didn't know like anything about ancient Rome. And this was extremely informative but also very interesting and it was like a good story to listen to as well as something that was good to learn so death Rose of the republic was fantastic and then that's going to be the one that gets me into it i know of just about anything that you've talked about with it with me and other people have told me about i think that that particular series is going to be the one to get me into it whenever i'm able to sit down and just devote my attention to it 
yeah it's it's really good um and then ghosts of the Ost front was another again multi-part series and when i say multi-part i'm talking about each episode is probably multi-hour and some of the episodes alone get up to like five or six hours and there's you know four five six of them so it's like it's you know audiobook length if not longer than most audiobooks for like these these hardcore history series um ghosts of the Ost front covers the eastern front in world war ii and i knew almost nothing about it i mean i i know what i've learned from playing call of duty and other video games which is <laughs> sad to say but it, it's true i mean yes we don't really learn about that in our history classes as an american like it, it you know i know about the western front and i know about the war in the pacific a little bit and some of that i picked up more as an adult from like band of brothers and other forms of media which probably again isn't the best way to learn about it but whatever but the eastern front and like the war between germany and russia i knew almost nothing about outside of video games like just being perfectly honest and the amount of death that happened over there was so extreme and i never realized it and they talk about like it's not the the atrocities they talk about it's like the fact that you can go to certain parts of russia right now and because of the way permafrost works there are entire fields of ice where you can look down and just see the frozen bodies from world war ii still and it was like what like seriously and it's just like miles and miles hundreds of miles like these fronts were gigantic and uh, you know it just again it had a huge impact on me. So those two from Hardcore History make my top five, like my number that, five. So Hardcore History, there's all of these onboarding points, but those were the two that got me this year. I don't I don't even know how to... Hmm. Man, frozen bodies from World War II still in the permafrost. Yes. That, yes. That, that, that honestly leaves me speechless and horrified. And and I say horrified in in the way that I describe it in terms of horror literature, that terrified means, you know, that you're scared of something, that it's, uh, you know, that, that there is something that, that frightens you about it, and horror being something that is visceral and that, that kind of affects you on an emotional level, that that is just unbelievable. That's the way I feel about that. Like, I am horrified by the thought of that well and just the fact that there is such like a tragedy and like such it's you know that's what i mean just that that happened that's horrifying to me and the fact that that there's that preservation of of it yeah and there's like a loss of life on such an epic scale like truly epic in scale and scope in a way that i never learned about and i just you know in american like history classes we just kind of gloss over "Eh, eastern front that was other people and then you move on like yeah yeah so that that's why it makes my number five spot for this year so and on a lighter note on a slightly lighter note yeah my number four that's not the handmaid's tale oh my god we're Uh, so uh, depressing right now i know it's like this (laughs) i'm I'm looking at what's up higher on our list and we're working our way up to stuff that's not not this level it's not uh but really like mine is equally horrifying in a lot of ways but not as realistically horrifying that if you have not seen the handmaid's tale on hulu this is by far the best television show that i've seen in years that i want to convince everyone in my life to watch it because it is absolutely brilliantly acted scripted paced and written just everything about it 
is about as perfect as you can get it and that's what makes it horrifying that there are moments in this that for no reason at all and it's not the violence that happens it's not any of that it is absolutely sheer possibility that makes this physically painful to watch sometimes and i know that some people don't like media that 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 will affect them that way and if that's the case then you may not need to watch the hand hands you may not need to watch The Handmaid's Tale, but if you're the kind of person who wants television and media that makes you think and really can affect you on and and really affect you on an emotional level and at the same time affect you on a personal level, The Handmaid's Tale is something to watch because it's going to leave you I always say that good media, good books, good movies, good podcasts, good any good video games will at the end of it you're not going to finish it and say, "Yeah, that was awesome." It's going to leave you and you're just going to look at it and just say, "Huh. Those are the ones no matter how awesome and action packed they are that are really lasting, that will the ones that make you think." And The Handmaid's Tale is one that every single episode except for one left me Huh. And the way that made me consider it. And that's why it's it's on there. Like it is because it's so political. I don't want to get into a lot of that here uh, like we did with, you know, the ghosts of the Ostfront and stuff like that. But the reasons The Handmaid's Tale is absolutely chilling is because of how realistic and relatable the flashbacks are that uh it is it's just horrifying to the point where you can read it in a 1980s novel and see it uh, playing out now and the same happens on this and it's, you see it and it affects you differently and this show affected me and it made me consider the show and i say that in the absolute best and most literary way possible that as an english teacher i want to write a paper on this television show not margaret atwood's book and that is saying a lot wow that's that's a big endorsement for you i think it's actually too dark for me i've tried to watch it a couple times now and i think I it is i don't think i, I think can it do is it. and and it it i'm afraid it's too dark for my wife and i i mean jessica jones was so dark like like just to give you an idea jessica jones this is, is so dark. much darker than Des- I know, jessica I know. jones like it's and, and, yeah yeah i mean jessica jessica jones made jennifer have nightmares about Kilgrave months after she saw it because of how it was portrayed i am afraid of people who get affected by media that this could potentially destroy you emotionally that if i weren't on depression medicines their uh, depression and anxiety medication i promise you that instead of being sick i probably would have had a panic attack and not looked at any news sites yeah no i can't i can't do the handmaid's tale but it's no. You're right. It's like I could I watched enough to know that it is very well made and it's very impactful. And just like you said, um, uh, we should probably also mention that like Katie and Chelsea with Tea Time on the network did a whole episode on this. And it was like really good to listen to and really in depth. It's it's a good discussion they got going. So if you want to hear more, check that out, too. Um, My number four It's interesting that you say that media should leave you sometimes with kind of a huh and like a thought, you know, like. Right. 
I don't even think about it as like a hunt, but more like you leave there and then you can't quite get it out of your head and you just keep yeah. thinking about it even though you don't intend to. That's how I felt about the next two on my list. So I'm probably going to do the next two in order here. Okay. Your Name, which is an anime. And I, I swear that if I had had a top five or top 10 list for this category, um, best of the rest, all the way back through my entire life, there would never have been an anime on it before now. But mm-hmm. this one was good it was really really good and it made me think a lot it threw me off in a lot of ways it misdirected me in some ways and i don't want to spoil that for anybody who hasn't watched it so i'm going to stay spoiler free even though we normally go full spoilers in this episode but i think that like to actually like engage with your name you kind of have to go into it not knowing a lot but it does some interesting things with people who are like switching places into each other's bodies this is stuff that happens in the first 10 minutes like um there's a boy (laughs) and girl who are roughly the same age and on some days they just flip over and they're in the other person's body for a day and you know they start to try to communicate like by leaving notes on their body or like notes around for the other person to see and like setting limits setting some rules trying not to mess up each other's life but also experiencing another form of like another person's life and the structure of it because one of them lives in the city he's like a city boy from tokyo the other one is a girl who lives in the country in japan and they have such different lives that like they give each other perspective on it because they have to live through days in the other person's life. That is where it starts. That is like the first 10 minutes. And then, you know, the, the back and forth stuff gets into the first half hour. It goes so many more places than that, but I don't want to spoil any of it. So I kind of have to leave it there, but to say it's really, really good. And that's one of the reasons out of the other spoilery reasons that it's my number four. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's one that I want to watch a lot and one that you said earlier i believe if i'm remembering right this one is only subtitled and i can't imagine no, listening I think to this in i think you can is it? um yeah i think you can get a sub you can get a dub you can get it a bunch of ways it was when i was looking for it the only good quality one i could find at the time was a subtitle one mm. i think since we talked about it last it has come out here in the u.s okay. on like blu-ray or something so you can probably get whatever version you want okay I know sometimes yeah. they're really bad dubs, so I tend to when it's something that 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 is really really well made, go for the subtitled, just because I don't want to have to deal with really terrible dubs. Yeah, and it's, but some of the twists at the end of that made me think right like i I left that movie thinking and i kept thinking back to it and i really need to rewatch it because of that which also gets to my number three which is dark matter which is a book one of the only books of the year that really truly stood out to me and dark matter is basically like a multi-universe theory type of book it's not super spoilery to say that even though it gives away a little bit in the first small part of the book but it quickly gets into multiple universes and the one guy that you follow who's traveling through them like they basically have to take a drug and go into a special chamber and if they do that they pop out in another universe and it's how Every time that happens, there are consequences and side effects, and it's about trying to get back home and trying to get back to your universe in the multiverse and how like next to impossible that is, but it's something you need to strive for. And there are things in there like you get close, but you're not there. It's not your home. It's not your universe, right? There's like another copy of you there already, but it's so close. You were so close. And then you go back into it 
you come out again and you're in like a frozen wasteland because the world has been destroyed and frozen over with like nuclear winter and it, it it's like there are so many different worlds that he visits that are all in the same place at the same time it's just different universes and it was good it was a good sci-fi story and that's kind of like the part that i'm telling you about here the yeah. last fourth of the book there is some crazy stuff that happens that if you are interested, I do not want to spoil for you because that's the part that left me thinking about this book for weeks hmm. and weeks and weeks. Yeah, um, because this sounds – I don't know if you've – if you've mentioned this before to me, I, I don't remember it at all. Yeah, this is one I really think you should read. I think you would like it a lot. This sounds like almost perfectly the kind of thing that I would get into. It's good. It's really, really good, which is why it's my number three for the year. But again, I, I don't want to get into spoilers for this one because it, a, a lot of the time spoilers I don't think are that important. Sometimes I listen to spoiler casts, and I've said this before, right. and they make me more interested in a thing than I was before. But there yes. are certain times where like because of what happens towards the end of a book or a movie or a piece of media, like by giving that away, you actually diminish it. I think right. they're few and far between, much fewer and much like more far between than most people think. But Your Name and Dark Matter are two that are examples of this. So I'm going to leave it there, but just say that Dark Matter is a really good book. If you have any interest in sci-fi or multiverse theory at all, read that book. It is totally worth your time. And what, what do you have what, for number three? Well, what, I want to say one more thing about number three on oh, yeah. yours with Dark Matter is with it sounds like they took the interesting concept of sliders. Do you remember sliders? The Jerry O'Connell sh like sci-fi show on Fox from like I the late nineties. Maybe that's what it was. Like they were trying to get back home through multiple dimensions, and uh, because you know they hadn't really talked about multiverse, that wouldn't have flown in the nineties. Like they were going to multiple dimensions, and uh, it was always like just one detail off. Like, and then I believe they they got back to their home one time, and then didn't know it, and it was like heartbreaking. And uh, but that's what it was. But it was a 90s sci-fi show where you couldn't really do anything like you were talking about in dark matter where it feels like it matters like where it feels so emotionally connecting i guess emotionally oh the words are failing me tonight impactful no, I, yeah but, i really i felt emotionally impacted by the book that's that's a good way to put it whereas a lot of other sci-fi i think it's cool i think it's interesting i connect with it this one actually like left an impact on me in a way that not a lot of stuff does anymore because right. I can usually kind of see what's coming in a story. This had twists and turns that I did not see coming, which is rare. That sounds very awesome rare for me. Yeah. But what did you have for number three? Uh, my number three is actually my Cosmere reread where I'm going through all of the Brandon Sanderson Cosmere books uh, and going back over them again from the beginning of Mistborn to uh, Oathbringer as it comes out that just came out. And I'm appreciating this series so much more once I've started from the very beginning and going through. I'm seeing so many more things that there's no way I could have known the first time through that uh, that I saw in the Mistborn books that I've seen now that I've read Arcanum Unbounded that now that I have have started on the Stormlight archives and know what happened 
on the greater scale within kind of this this cosmic uh godhood that they've set up through the stuff with like rust and ruin not rust and ruin um preservation and ruin and ha- rust and ruins what they said in the second book is a swear or the second trilogy is a swear um with preservation and ruin and all of the stuff with honor that i had no idea the stuff that they were talking about with honor in the second or in the stormlight archive was dealing with with like a shattering of a god from years ago and now that they're working on all of the stuff with like the shard blades and the void bringers and the world singers all of this stuff tying together is so much more in depth and intertwined than you can even begin to comprehend until you have read every bit of it I didn't know you had read Arcanum Unbounded I know we talked about you doing it but I didn't know you actually got to it I've read most of it Okay. That the only one that I haven't read is I think White Sand is the oh, only okay. one that I haven't gotten through. Well, and that's that's a weird one because it also is a comic book that was taken and like right. there's it's like a chapter out of that. Um, I think off the air at some point you have to explain the Cosmere to me because I've read literally everything that you have read for the Cosmere and I don't actually understand how it fits together. Okay, like yeah, I, it's it, that's a bigger discussion. We don't have space for it right here, right now, but like. I like the Cosmere, but I don't actually like grok the Cosmere. But, <laughs> and it seems like you do. It well, it comes in at the as one of those things where I clicked just recently because this is the specific kind of collected narrative that I've always been interested in. That oh, with okay. like the Stephen King Dark Tower stuff, it's it, it that's what drew me in. And then you have these kinds of connected universes where people don't necessarily they essentially just say what's connected you have like the marvel cinematic universe that's all connected and there's not really anything greater than that with the cosmere it kind of takes the idea of a connected universe and then you have brandon sanderson who honestly let's just say it he overthinks everything and has all of this hyper diegetical knowledge and apocrypha out there where once you've read all of it and you've got this idea in your head and the reason that I can say it that I have more of a grasp on is because I've just been, this has basically been all I've read like in a row for the last like year here and with it all connecting and all of it doing this it makes sense because you can see all I can see all of it at once it's kind of like I, I got high on spice it's like I uh, and I'm now one of the uh, the the spacers guild and I can like see all of this that yeah, by the I could time see how that would make it way different because like I I've read them so disconnected over the yeah. years I think it would almost take a reread which is that's so it, much time like I just so don't have that time t- it's so much time, and I can honestly say that I don't like rereading stuff, that I tend to want to read new stuff, and that rereading this has been honestly one of the most fulfilling like challenges I've set myself in terms of reading that I can remember. It's like it's so much better than rereading like the Harry Potter books or the Dark Tower books, as much as I love them, that kind of thing. It's like this I feel is big and i can't wait until the cosmere like the stormlight archive gets to book five because he said that book five of the cosmere is going to be a 10 book series or the stormlight archive is going to be a 10 book series and it's going to be in two separate arcs with the first five and the second five so i'm really excited for the end of the first five that we're going to know a whole lot more in terms of the overall story than we do even probably at the end of book three because of the other books that he's going to be putting out too like it's 
it's crazy intertwined and intricate and i'm seeing so much stuff in the stormlight archive that without arcanum unbounded and having reread mistborn that there's absolutely no way i would have noticed any of it that there's yeah. no way you could have yeah, known any of it that that's that's the thing it's there and it's like okay this happened and it's like oh shades more okay whatever and then now i'm like oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my goodness i need to read all of it oh my god where's oathbringer i need to read this and no new stuff and it's like i don't remember all of the old stuff yet so like i get i've gotten really excited about the cosmere if you can't tell like that's why it's number three on my list of this year like it's so good i'm excited to talk to you about it after i finish the next stormlight archive book which is like it's literally yeah. my next thing to read i think probably um because okay. yeah i need to reconnect on the cosmere but i'm glad that like you enjoyed your time rereading it because i don't know if i would be able to enjoy that because i've read them already i have trouble rereading also unless something's fantastic but yeah. i thought i was gonna have a hard time with it i really did but going back at the beginning of, of mistborn i re i realized how great they were and why i fell in love with it in the first place and it just kind of like yep I know exactly what's going to happen now, but I don't care. I love these characters. And so so what was your go? What's your number two? My number two is uh, the Adventure Zone again. Uh, like yeah. It was last year, but I'm <laughs> calling out um, two specific arcs. So last year it was like the Adventure Zone was a new podcast to me and to everybody. And it, it grabbed me. But the two final arcs in the balance, like saga or balance arc or whatever, they ended up calling like the first big story they did were called The Stolen Century and Story and Song. And they were so good. They were just so, so good. Like, I have never felt like uh, a live play um, D&D or any any system, any live play that I've listened to. I've never felt that it ended in such like an emotional and impactful manner but this one did right. and it really landed huh. and it stuck the landing and it was amazing and now they've moved on to other stuff wow. they're experimenting with new systems they're kind of switching around so that the person who was the dm for everything now gets to be a player sometimes and they're rotating the dm spot they're trying to figure out what they want oh, to be their okay. next deep dive into a new system and a new universe and a new setting and everything from scratch but it's not what it was before and okay. they will probably get back there eventually but right now they're just experimenting which is i mean hey if you put that much time into one giant yeah. story and you stick the landing you have to take a break like i don't blame them at all but just looking back a little bit earlier in the year to the end of the balance arc and the stolen century especially was amazing it it was basically like the characters that we have had the whole adventure with in the D, D world suddenly find out something major about their past and the dm kicked them into a different system that he homebrewed that went back wow. and relived their last hundred years of their lives and tied huh. all of it back into the narrative that had happened up to that point like it was such an amazing act of DMing. I, I can't believe that he pulled it off. And listening to The Stolen Century, that, you know, 100 years that they covered in there, I was blown away by the amount of things that he was able to tie back in because he had put all of these hints throughout the entire adventure uh. for the past, like, 
year or two years or however long it had been it, it was just it was astounding like it i i don't know anything else that compares to it like i've listened to plenty of other live plays and i like them for other reasons but in terms of pure story in a live play uh you can't beat the adventure zone so yeah that is why it is my I've number two i've never heard a bad thing about the adventure zone it's because it's good it's really really good what was your number two? Oh, you had another podcast too. Uh, we both had a podcast at number two. So mine is S Town, and I talked a lot about this earlier. And the more I thought about it this year, and I know that this is one of the reasons that you said true crime was one of my things. But this isn't a true crime podcast that you think it is, and it's not. That this is absolutely not a true crime at all. This is a Southern Gothic novel. That this is a this is like if Flannery O'Connor had. If somebody had read Flannery O'Connor and decided, you know what, I should live my life like that, that's what S-Town is. It is a grotesque Southern Gothic novel that is an experience that I am baffled that these people are real and that this stuff happened two hours from where I live, but at the same time, I listen to this and it was it is one of the only things like the handmaid's tale made me emotional for a different reason and i'm super excited about the cosmere like it gets me excited in an intellectual way like being able to tie all of these puzzle pieces together and see a bigger picture and then s town makes me very somber like it affects me where i am I feel as though my life is richer having listened to this entire story where you can listen to an episode of it and be like, okay, that'd be fine. That's well put together. It's an NPR podcast. Okay. And then if you listen to the entire thing, if you go through from beginning to end, you listen to like all seven episodes of it and you pay attention to it. And that was what, what really changed my mind on this podcast is that it is one that you don't listen to in the background. This is a sit down and actively pay attention to the story that is being told, the people who you are getting to know. And by the end of it, you come out the other side with a greater understanding of humanity and, and human relationships. It is as literary as Logan was a comic book movie, S-Town is absolutely something that I think should be taught in the classroom for narrative arc, scripting, and honestly characterization because of the way that these people were able to portray the, the, the way that these creators were able to portray these people in this town. That it is an astonishing act of storytelling. Cool. That's good. I'm glad so, you liked it. I I should probably listen to it. I will probably do it eventually. I just don't know when. I got to psych myself up for it in the right way. You do. And that's the thing. I wasn't going to listen to this because I listened to two episodes of Serial and decided that was not my kind of podcast. I didn't care. And it was like, yep, these people, that that happened. That This sucks. Like, like this is terrible. But don't care. And with S-Town... Jennifer got me to listen to it. Everybody around me was listening to it. So when I sat down and paid attention to it, it it hooked me for all of the right reasons. And it's short enough that I really do think that because you like storytelling and and that craft of putting everything together, that, that it is so well put together as both a podcast and a story, that if you're willing to put the time in and just listen to this, 
I think you'll I think that you will actually like this one. I will put it in my backlog, and I have to be in the right mood. But I, I'll yeah. do it eventually. I just don't know when, so I'm not making oh, any yeah. promises. That's the way I am for. That's the way I am for a re-listen to. It's like I need to listen to S Town again, and I'm like, no, nah, man, no. Nah. Yeah, so I'll 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 get to it. I'll get to it at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Now we get to our number one, which is really weird because here's super the thing. weird. Full disclosure: the way that the weeks we, fell we, this year. Um. We are recording this on December 12th, and like we said up front, there wasn't as much that stood out this year, and in my mind, knowing myself the way I do, which I feel like is pretty good at knowing myself, I don't see any way that my number one could not possibly be my number one. That being said, it's The Last Jedi, which I haven't seen yet, Um, and you have the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's The Last Jedi. There is... We're saying number one is The Last Jedi, and it's weird because you have no hype for it. I have a lot of hype for it. I could be disappointed. You could be, like, overjoyed. But from what I've seen and, like, reading between the lines of the trailers and how much I love Star Wars, I don't see how it can't be number one. So I'm calling it. Um, The thing for you guys is you're going to listen to this two episodes after we've recorded our Last Jedi episode. Right. uh, Which is weird. It's just the way the timing worked out. So... When you're listening to this, you're going to know my impressions of this movie more than I do. And if if I'm wrong and it should not be number one, I will. That is the first thing we will talk about when we come back with season three. Yes. But we are calling it in the blind. <laughs> Basically, yes, we are. Uh, I'm calling it like my number one is going to be the and last now, Jedi. I just know it. And now it is entirely possible for us in the, you know, seeing it in a couple of days and looking at it and saying, no, that shouldn't have been number one based on how we feel about this other stuff. And we could go back and edit the podcast, but we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. No, because A, it's going to give us a really good discussion if that happens. Yep. This one, we're calling eight ball in the corner pocket right now, y'all. This one is going to be our number one. That the trailers have put so much stuff out there that are we know are going to already hit on the things that we love about Star Wars the most. Yes. The, this is going to hit on the gray area of the Force for Void. Yes. This is going to deal a lot with like human redemption and like character motivation between uh, Kylo Ren and Leia that there's going to be so much just humanity in this as well as the uh, we're going to find out about Snoke and things like this there's no way that unless they totally drop the ball like and I mean totally drop the ball here's the thing too I I don't they wouldn't have given this director slash writer a trilogy if he dropped the ball he yes. he is doing the next standalone star wars trilogy you don't get that approval from lucasfilm and disney and kathleen kennedy if you did not knock it out of the park so prior uh, to the release prior to the release like it, he, no fan he reactions got that. yet i just don't see any way I, I, it has to be number one for me it no. has to be and yep. i i like ryan johnson in his other work that looper is one of my favorite sci-fi movies, and I think it has one bad scene in it. It has a terrible, terrible scene where where Bruce Willis goes through and shoots everybody up that feels completely out of place, and I'm pretty sure that that was 
put in there because of the studio being like, hey, you have to give Bruce Willis a Bruce Willis scene. Other than that, I'm fully confident that Ryan Johnson is able to do this movie. And like you said, they gave him his other trilogy before people even saw this movie. Yes. That yes. It wasn't so, fully edited by the no. time that he got that. So, But if you guys want to know why we love The Last Jedi, go back two episodes to us in the future for us and the past for you and you can learn why and if we are completely wrong right now we will talk about it next week <laughs> oh man yep, i love this time travel stuff that has to happen in november and december it's interesting um okay interesting. with all that said no weekly geekery we don't do that for these end of the year episodes because we literally just recorded a different podcast like 10 minutes before we started this one um Really quick, we want to talk about next season. We're probably going to aim for slightly, slightly shorter episodes. Not actually short episodes, but our range has always been that like 45 minutes to like an hour 20. That's kind of our sweet spot. And next year, next season, um, which will be next episode for you guys, we're going to start trying to aim more for that 45 to 50-ish mark and try to stay under an hour. It's not always going to happen. I'm not going to promise that. But we were talking about just like the amount of time we have, the amount of time I have to edit, and like the way that our workloads are going in our personal lives. I don't feel burnout, but I see right. the edges of what could potentially in the future far off be burnout if we keep going at the pace we're at. And I don't like, I, I love the podcast, so I don't want that to happen. Yes. So the this reaction, is the highlight of my week in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And it's like, because of that, um, we're going to go back and we're going to do, um, we're going to target like the lower end of our, uh, our typical range. So, um, this probably means that when we do a really deep dive on a topic, it'll be an episode where it's just the topic without geekery. And then right. it probably means there are going to be episodes that are straight up just geekery and us catching up like we did a couple episodes back when we just did our like chatting and catching up episode. Um, and then there's yeah. going to be other ones where we can identify a shorter topic and we can do a short topic plus our normal geekery and it'll have the exact same format as always. So it's not actually changing that much, but this is just kind of us like putting a flag in the ground and stating our intentions to be slightly shorter like the, the shorter end, end of our typical range is what we're going to aim for starting with season three. And we did set out at the beginning of this podcast with the idea that every year, every season that we were going to do this, we were going to try to change it up so that nothing became stale. And we think that being organic about it really is a good way to do it. We're not making arbitrary changes. We're not saying, oh, we need to talk less just because we need to talk less. It's something that we want to be topics-based, concise, and still be able to have the discussion and community interaction from you guys that we love so much. We've gotten good reactions from both of these kinds of episodes in the past so we really think that that's a direction to go that will like you said like void said a minute ago a little more sustainable for the long term if we're able to uh, to be a lot more concise yep so we'll see how it goes if it doesn't work out i mean we have a format that works and we like it so we adjust on the fly but that's that, that's us stating our intentions for next season that's about it for right now, uh, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we're on Slack, too, if you're not a Redditor. So go to slack.geek2geekcast.com for your invite. And we are part of a podcast network, you guys. You need to be listening to the Comic Box 
Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and Geek to Two with Joe. So head over to geektogeekcast.com and subscribe and review each and every single one of those shows. Yes, I blog at agreenmushroom.com. You can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And I blog at geekfitness.net. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week and for this season also. See you next season, geeks. Happy New Year, geeks. That too. Good job. Nailed it. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. Hey everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, Well, we've talked about girl power songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, young adult fiction novels, San Diego Comic Con, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and start listening today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.